three, two, one. Yes, that's how we do it. Welcome back to Uncomplicated. Uh, so most likely your world has been a bit more complicated than one would like it to be. But hey, as always, Sadhuja and I are here to talk to people from the UN and share the success stories and introduce you, the listener, to some of the people at the UN who make it happen. Hey, Sadhuja, welcome back. Thanks, Diwal. Same to you. It's been a few months since we've done an episode. It has, you know, um, all of us are just uh, sort of adapting and adjusting as we go, right? That's exactly right. It's been an adjustment, ourselves included. We're not, um, we can't record in studio. So we're doing this online and having to figure out how to get good quality audio when we don't have a sound engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, I'd like to say that uh, that entire process is being done by Sinduja and I'm just along for the ride in that area. But I bet we sound great. Uh, That's what I'm betting on. So things are changing so rapidly everywhere. You got married. Congratulations. Thank you. I did. We uh, had a very COVID safe wedding. We all got tested before and it was 12 people uh, in total. Um, and it was all outside. So yeah, we managed to put something together in a few weeks. Uh, and it was, it was it was nice. It was lovely. Again, congratulations. That's awesome. We're all happy for you. But you know, that probably wasn't exactly how you pictured it, but you rolled with it. You made some changes. You made it happen and you're as happy as ever and i think that's you know similar to what's happening uh uh, with unga uh, with ga 75 right now right right like everybody else they had to suddenly shift and realize that their normal mode of operations wasn't going to work and uh it's been an interesting year for them to say the least uh like everybody else but i think more than anything the un had to figure out how to function when people are not in the same room um And and that given that that's in some sense their bread and butter, you know, bringing people together, getting people face to face is how the UN gets a lot of its work done. It was really a challenge uh, to to figure out a new way to conduct that work. And we were lucky enough to speak to a woman who saw everything from, you know, from the inside, so to speak. Uh, Rima Baza, the spokesperson for the president of the GA of the 74th Assembly. She was there. She'd been in the job for about six months. And then all of a sudden, you know, things shifted. And she uh, worked with the president's office to to figure out how the UN could still function under this um, very challenging, but also inspiring time, right? You know, they really rose to the occasion. Talking about Reem a little bit, uh, from this interview, there are some people you speak with right away, and you can just tell by the way that they speak that they are full of sort of a positive type energy. And she seems like the perfect type of person to be getting the message out about the General Assembly. Um, And I don't know about you, but I also felt that it was interesting that obviously her background was journalism as well. So she's sort of communicating from the opposite side of the table now, uh, which I think is probably helpful in her position. She is a journalist, but, you know, had been on the UN news side uh, and having that perspective of what you're looking for from from the leadership of the of the UN, what it is that the information that you need, and suddenly then being on the inside uh, and providing journalists with that information, I think is um, is pretty unique perspective to have you know both sides of it. And two, then 
it's it gives you in particular she has a better ability than most to understand what the needs are of each side and could speak to that this is our one year anniversary show in some sense right do all and happy anniversary uh, happy anniversary <laughs> and i'm just thinking back to where we we took the, our listeners on a tour of the of the building and it described the room to them and that's just it's not how it's going to be this year um and and it doesn't mean that the the general assembly is losing any of its value or that it won't be able to get the things done it needs to this is high level week and rather than the streets of new york being closed off for uh for traffic we're going to see instead that all of the heads of state are actually sending pre-recorded messages to the un it's going to be a hybrid i'm so happy that the the un is still moving forward that it's taking its 75th anniversary to not only think about the work that it's done for the previous 75 years but also understand that pandemics are going to happen or travel was going to be limited and that organization needs to adapt right just like you and I have have changed from going and recording in the studio and we're now I'm still in my pajamas so that's one one positive aspect of the pandemic well that makes two of us cuz i too am still in my pajamas but uh <laughs> i tell you what we all have a choice in every one of these situations and we're going to lean into it and try to do something positive the un has adapted the general assembly has adapted the uncomplicated podcast has adapted. It's our anniversary episode. Uh, you can't be there in person probably this year like we were at our initial episode, but it's the next best thing. And let's be honest, you all were going to listen anyways. So congratulations to us. Happy anniversary. Congratulations to you for just sticking this thing out. Let's have a great rest of the year. And hey, uh, here's our episode. Thank you so much uh, for having me uh, in this uh, very exciting program. Uh, I uh, really admire it and I admire all your work. I am Reem Abaza. I'm the spokesperson of the president of the 74th session of the General Assembly. And could you tell us a little bit about what that role is? What does a spokesperson do for the president of the General Assembly? So, of course, the General Assembly has uh, regular sessions every year. Starts uh, The sessions start in September and end in September the following year. Every year there is a new president and a new team, mostly. So um, the Department of Global Communications at the UN provides the spokesperson every year to the new president. Uh, so I was very lucky and privileged to serve in this um, uh, post this year, and I was the spokesperson and the communications team leader, and also uh, deal with the press, which is a very important element, as you know. Uh, communications uh, is key, if we can uh, say so. And the press covering the UN is essential in uh, getting the word uh, out to the outside world about the crucial work that happens inside the UN building. So this was my role. Uh, it's been a bit challenging this year, given COVID-19, given social distancing. Um, what sort of adaptations have you had to make on the fly to make sure that you're able to communicate properly? You're absolutely right. Everything changed. Uh, starting March, we were hit with the COVID-19. We had to adapt quickly. So all uh, meetings 
had to happen uh, on virtual platforms. And we had to experiment with these virtual platforms because before COVID-19, people were meeting in person at the UN. I was doing my press briefings uh, at the UN uh, uh, also, but we had to adapt because there was a huge need for information. With uh, COVID-19, everything changed. The way the General Assembly worked, uh, virtual diplomacy or uh, diplomacy, remote diplomacy, uh, dealing with the journalists, everything. So I would say that uh, there was a little bit of confusion in the beginning about, so what will happen now? And we had this um, responsibility to reach out to all stakeholders and to uh, relay the information and make sure that the information gets them in an easy way. Can you give us an example of something that might have happened in person um, and suddenly had to switch to online and how that went and you know what, what was valuable in some sense even about going to the online platform? With COVID-19, there were a lot of cha- challenges and also opportunities because the virtual platforms provided us with um, the ability to include more people that maybe couldn't be at the uh, in the uh, United Nations building. And that happened with um, a, a meeting, an event on Beijing Plus 25 uh, on women's rights. Uh, we, we were so happy that we had like more than 1,000 participants communicating with each other on our virtual platforms that we uh, provided it, talking to each other, talking to the panelists and asking questions. So that was an, a very good example of how uh, technology actually brought people together. And the other thing about how work changed, uh, and this is uh, an excellent example, we had the elections this year of the um, General Assembly president for its uh, 75th uh, session, uh, non-permanent members of the Security Council, and also the members of the Social and Economic uh, economic and Social Council, which is ECOSOC. Uh, this, these elections are a routine uh, matter at the GA. Um, it happens every year. But this year, with the absence or the inability to uh, organize in-person meetings uh, to safeguard public public uh, health, we had to find new ways, innovative ways uh, to organize uh, such elections. All 193 countries have to come, cast the, their ballots. How to do that? We worked very closely with the Secretariat, UN Secretariat, and we found a new way. And if I invite you to go to UN Photo website and look at the pictures. It was very well organized, socially distanced elections for the first time in the history of the UN. It was a very uh, successful uh, event. And uh, of course, uh, we had all the the winners in the Security Council, ECOSOC, and of course, we had our uh, new president. I'll definitely have to check out those, those photos. Um... I, I want to touch on something that you said uh, earlier, which was virtual diplomacy. Um, you know, the the UN is obviously known for bringing people together in a room um, to talk about issues, to to make agreements. And so, how, from your perspective, given your very unique position with as the spokesperson for the president of the General Assembly, how did you see diplomacy changing 
to this virtual context and how did it work? You know, when you, when you're used to people being in the same room together, how do you then get your point across and get people to come to a decision? I, I want to start by saying that there is no replacement or substitute or compensation for being together. And we hope that the UN, everyone will come together after we defeat the pandemic. But uh, given the circumstances and uh, the responsibility on us to be uh, a model, actually, on how we behave to uh, mitigate the spread of the disease, uh, the UN and the General Assembly had to come up with innovative ways. So, for example, you mentioned negotiations. We, the General Assembly, because, of course, they take the decisions and resolutions, adopt them uh, by vote. Everyone has to be in the General Assembly Hall to cast their uh, votes. But now what will happen? Um, in the beginning, we asked ourselves, so so what? We have critical decisions that has have to be adopted, but we cannot bring people together. So what's the situation? And in March, the situation was more critical than uh, after that. So the president of the General Assembly, Tejani Mohammed Bandi, uh, circulated and presented to member states a new way of taking decisions, which is called the silence procedure. Under this uh, procedure, when he or any uh, member state uh, presents a resolution or decision to be adopted, uh, it uh, it is sent to all member states. And then uh, if uh, it passed the time for the silence procedure, 72 hours, for example, it is considered adopted. If one member state uh, objected and broke silence, as we say, so the decision will not be adopted. So this was huge because 193 countries, if only one country objected, that's it. And we had critical decisions uh, financing peacekeeping operations, for example. So there was a sense of urgency. Without being together, it was difficult, but because of the enormous efforts and responsibility from member states, they decided to take this responsibility to come together. And I would credit the president, uh, Tijani Mohammed Bandi, his diplomatic skills and the diplomatic skills of the leadership of the office actually played a crucial role in this, in bringing people together, bridging the gaps between them, enabling member states to compromise and since March, since this uh, silence procedure was presented, the General Assembly adopted more than 70 resolutions and decisions. That was my question. So uh, you just answered it. That's very interesting. In, in essence, it sounds like you have completely reversed the process. Um, instead of every country, 193 uh, member states weighing in yes or no, You've just said only speak up if you have an objection to whatever the resolution may be. Is that right? Absolutely, because there was no other way of bringing everyone together in one room and the General Assembly hall to cast the, the votes. So I, I think that um, that reminds me, uh, Sinduja and I spoke with Noah Miller, uh, who's at the UN in Geneva, and he has been working to help uh, uh, really integrate uh, distanced communication um, via Zoom, Slack, uh, Microsoft Teams. I mean, you choose whichever platform, um, but video conferencing, um, et cetera, the way that we have to communicate in this modern age. And one of the things he discussed 
was um, using his background in design theory, uh, where um, I just recently heard this quote, uh, you can say a lot by listening. And what he really focused on was listening to the goals of the people who were going to be part of the communication. So when you were putting your plan together, did you, when you were listening to the, um, the folks who are going to be part of uh, the General Assembly, were there things that surprised you that you stumbled upon where you thought, oh, this is a different way of looking at this um, type of communication. Maybe we can make this better. Uh, you know what? Um, we listened, as you said, uh, from early on, uh, the office of the president of the General Assembly uh, initiated coordination uh, meetings uh, that gathered the Secretariat, ECOSOC, all the main organs of uh, the UN, especially in New York, to coordinate among each other. So I realized from listening to member states that we would send, we would do the routine work or the work under um, normal practice. We would, the president's office would send letters uh, containing information about uh, things. We, we kept hearing, uh, where can we find it? Where uh, I didn't, I couldn't find it. So this made us realize that we have to work harder on making the website user-friendly or more user-friendly. So this is a very good example. So in essence, what you're hoping, I think, is that uh, these, the new ways will grow to be enhancements on top of the, the general diplomacy, virtual diplomacy, um, you can take things from what you're learning this year uh, via virtual diplomacy and apply them in the future so that you can meld both of those pieces together to just function better, right? Absolutely. To bring people who in, in other circumstances could not come to the UN, for example, for any reason, uh, for financial, uh, for civil society, for example, for financial reasons or what uh, whatsoever. So maybe bring them closer together and make them part of the conversation, give them new opportunities. And this is what the UN actually is trying to do all along and to have more opportunities for everyone, for the youth, for everyone to be included. It's, it's really interesting what you're saying that, you know, these, these new methods of communication that the UN in particular, that the General Assembly has adopted recently are not only reaching more people, but, you know, as you rightly pointed out, Diwal, and, and as you said, Reem, that um, they can be even more inclusive moving forward, right? And in particular, civil society, which is really that crucial intersection between the community and the government and, and where the messages of policies and programs that the UN is attempting to implement need to need to reach, right? And, and so now this is giving the UN a really um, great opportunity to reach even more people, which is, which, as you say, is the goal. Absolutely. But I want to add also another important element because virtual and the president of the 74th session of the General Assembly mentioned this several times. Virtual is not available for everyone. Technology is not available for everyone. He, from the very beginning, he was warning because he is a, a teacher, a professor, so he cares a lot about education. He, he warned from the beginning that there is a huge gap and this gap will be more and uh, it will widen because some students or many millions of students don't have the, the opportunities that technology provides for virtual learning, for example. So uh, this is another point that yes, 
what the General Assembly does is that we, uh, the General Assembly adopted several uh, resolutions on COVID-19. The latest was like uh, a few days ago was an omnibus resolution, a comprehensive resolution. And this was the result of uh, negotiations and uh, discussions and consultations. The president uh, appointed two co-coordinators, the permanent representatives of Afghanistan and Croatia to uh, coordinate the COVID-19 related initiatives in the General Assembly for the membership to be focused and uh, for them to uh, stress on the need to, for cooperation, uh, the importance of multilateralism, of solidarity. So all of us can help each other. All countries would help each other get more out of this situation so we don't forget the furthest behind we don't forget who don't have the means for the technology to thrive so perhaps one of the things that you want to make sure you focus on um, moving forward is if we're going to be doing uh, more communication virtually and more diplomacy virtually that everyone especially those impacted by this diplomacy have access to um, said technology Absolutely. The youth have the, uh, the ability to participate, to engage, to learn, because we don't want uh, um, a whole or whole generations to be lost uh, to COVID-19 and its impacts. What's your utopian vision 25 years from now for the, the General Assembly? What do you think from this year that has happened will carry over and be built upon things that you have learned where you you can look back 25 years from now and say, wow, we did some groundbreaking here and really came up with something special that has been utilized year after year at the General Assembly. Yes, during this year, I really saw multilateralism in action, commitment to multilateralism and to cooperation and collaboration. Many of the things that was achieved in the General Assembly the more than 70 decisions and resolutions, the agreement on the historic uh, declaration on the UN uh, 75th anniversary, all of these things could not have happened uh, without member states coming together, compromising, working together. So I hope that this will continue more and more and we will uh, reach a time that uh, this is the norm. Multilateralism is stronger than ever. And I'm really am happy to, to know that, to hear that from somebody who's inside perspective compared to the rest of us, you know, she was inside the president's office of the General Assembly and could see that countries were dedicated and committed to working together. Uh, hey, world peace, that is the goal. How do we do it? We communicate. And sometimes necessity is the mother of invention. And out of necessity, I, I feel very strongly that from what we've just heard, the UN and the General Assembly itself are going to be stronger than ever and have more ways to connect people that need to get together to help guide us towards world peace. I think you said it all, Diwal. I think, um, as they say, you can learn a lot by listening, and we hope you just did. Uh, we will be back, you know, with this, we had a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, we're going to be back stronger than ever. 
and really we're grateful that you as our audience have been uh have stuck around and uh we're looking forward to putting a lot more episodes together for you in the future that's right. We want to thank all of you on our anniversary episode. If you listen to the first episode, we would like to thank the family Thompson. Uh, hello out there, family Thompson. We haven't forgot about you. And hey, it's time for all of us to be engaged in our worlds in whatever positive ways possible. So what's more positive than what you just did? Listening to someone who's dedicated their life to world peace. Thanks for listening in and we'll see you all soon. Ciao.